Today, we'll be speaking with Christopher Neely. We'll get us started with an introduction about himself, then we'll jump right into the questions. Enjoy. Yeah, so my name is Chris Neely. I'm an economist with the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis. Uh, I've been an economist here for a very long time, and I'll probably be one for a while yet. How can wars impact financial markets? And specifically, how did Russia's invasion of Ukraine impact markets? Well, in general, uh, wars impact financial markets by changing expectations of future fundamentals. So in the particular case of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine, it changed, uh, changed financial asset prices by uh, changing expectations of fundamentals. So for example, uh, when it became clear that there were going to be sanctions imposed on, on Russia, uh, that affected prices of commodities that Russia exports. Um, the invasion itself also put uh, Ukraine's exports in danger, and uh, Ukraine and, and Russia are both important exporters of agricultural commodities, such as uh, wheat and, uh, and fertilizer. And uh, so that uh, tended to drive up the prices of both uh, of related ag agricultural commodities uh, because it was financial markets generally feared that uh, the war would disrupt the supply of these commodities. So apart from these commodities that you just listed, was there a spillover effect into the pricing uh, in the markets of other commodities as well? Well, there were a lot of commodities affected because uh, both Russia and Ukraine are important commodity exporters, particularly Russia. Russia has a much larger economy than, than Ukraine. It's about uh, 10 times the size of Ukraine's economy. Uh, so it, it did affect a lot, of, uh, a lot of commodity markets. So markets for precious metals, for gold and, uh, and silver and palladium, uh, as well as energy markets, markets for um, oil and uh, liquefied natural gas and coal, uh, as well as, you know, more uh, pedestrian things like uh, the market for, for iron, for example. And since Russia's invasion of Ukraine, what have been the most significant or impactful events? Well, I wrote my article uh, in, I, I finished up my, my article in mid-August, so I really haven't followed uh, many events since mid-August. And uh, in fact, I, I think that, you know, it could be the case that events since then have had important effects. I would say by far the most important effects were the initial invasion, which came partially as a surprise. I think that a lot of people really didn't believe that Russia was going to invade Ukraine. So in the first days of the war, there were substantial, um, substantial effects on asset prices. And then uh, later, uh, as it became clear that it wasn't going to be a quick war and that Russia wasn't going to win quickly or perhaps at all, then um, that also affected fundamentals because people sort of settled in for a longer war and there were uh, further uh, changes in expectations about 
uh, how long how long the disruption to commodity markets would last and and things like that. So uh, offhand, I would say that probably uh, almost all the important events or most of the important events probably occurred in the first couple weeks of the war, at least the events that would be easy to locate. How are the currencies of both Ukraine and Russia impacted due to this war? Well, if I recall correctly, both the currencies of Russia and Ukraine uh, were depreciating in the months before the war as expectations built up that there might be a war and that this might affect the, uh, the values of those currencies. Uh, when the war broke out, both countries put on, um, or Ukraine, if I recall correctly, uh, quickly put on capital controls, which uh, basically meant that the government greatly regulated the trade in assets and the, the trade in the, uh, in the Ukrainian currency. Uh, Russia also put on capital controls a little bit later after the uh, after the ruble started plunging, and the Russian capital controls arrested the uh, plunge of the uh, of the ruble, and uh, you know sort of a combination of factors, including the capital controls, and the fact that the sanctions on Russia, ironically enough, were making it hard for Russia to buy imports. Uh, caused the uh, the value of the ruble to actually uh, increase again. So the ruble had a uh, nominally fairly high and and even rising value in the uh, after say a few weeks of the war, um, but it wasn't really very uh, informative as to the fundamentals of the Russian economy or the likelihood of Russian success in the war because it was being, all, all the uh, the value was being calculated on highly regulated markets. And so if you don't actually allow people to trade freely in an asset, then its price uh, tends to not really mean very much. Regarding capital controls, what is an example of something that Russia did to enforce these capital controls? Well, Russia has a highly uh, regulated economy by Western standards. And so there were uh, what are called exchange controls, which means uh, controls on uh, buying and selling foreign currency. And uh, so, for instance, you, you simply can't freely uh, buy or sell uh, assets uh, in, in Russia. And, I, you know, I, I'm not really an expert on uh, the specific controls that Russia put on. So I really can't help you too much with the specifics, but you can easily uh, Google uh, Russian capital controls and get some examples from newspaper articles. You mentioned how the value of the Russian Ukrainian currency was depreciating before the war as people were pricing in the idea that there could be a potential war. In your paper, you also mentioned a pre-war anticipation in commodity prices. Could you talk a little bit more about this? Well, generally speaking, financial markets are forward-looking. So they try to evaluate not just what's happening now, but what's likely to happen in the future. 
So if you have a case where uh, a major energy exporter such as Russia is going to go to war and that might interfere with the export of, uh, of energy, either because either because the uh, exports themselves would be physically disrupted or because sanctions would be imposed on Russian energy exports, then in the future, uh, there's going to be a lower supply of, of energy exports. And so that's going to cause participants in the market to bid up the price now in anticipation of future price rises. That's uh, an implication of the efficient markets hypothesis, which suggests that uh, you know markets are forward-looking and will tend to uh, price assets to the to the point where uh, all public information is impounded into the price of that asset. And what information was given to investors? where they could predict that this war is potentially happening? Was it statements being made by Russia? Was it just general tension building up? Well, I, I'm not sure what all information that markets had, but I, I can tell you that starting in October, the US government from, uh, started essentially releasing uh, intelligence reports from Western intelligence agencies uh, suggesting that war was becoming increasingly likely. And I, I assume that, uh, you know, those intelligence reports are from things like, uh, you know, satellite uh, reports and uh, reports from people on the ground who are uh, detecting unusual troop movements, troop buildups, uh, changes in the supplies that an army would have on hand uh, that would uh, mean that it was preparing to actually go to war. So troop movements, changes in supplies and so forth were all being uh, published uh, in Western newspapers starting in October and uh, continuing. I, I think that President Biden, for example, started uh, warning about it himself in November, uh, but I'm not 100% sure of, of that. What was equity markets response to Russia's invasion? Well, the in equity markets uh, initially plunged uh, a bit and then they ended up plunging further in uh, after the first week of the war. And so after the first uh, couple weeks of the war, they had fallen quite a bit before they started recovering again in uh, I think it was the uh, second or third week of March in 2022. Can you explain why such movements happen? Uh, sure. So the, uh, the invasion of uh, Russia's invasion of Ukraine caused disruptions in trade patterns and business patterns. So Western corporations that invested in Russia would uh, their investment, the value of their investments were threatened. In addition, there were large increases in energy prices that threatened uh, to bring on a recession, uh, to slow business from, from where it had been. And whenever you have uh, 
events that are likely to reduce future cash flows of firms, then you're much more likely to see that uh, the, the, the reductions in those future cash flows are going to be priced in immediately into stocks, and so stock prices are going to fall. And how did Russia's invasion of Ukraine specifically impact inflation? Well, there were certainly uh, supply effects from Russia's invasion of Ukraine on inflation. So as we've talked about, when Russia invaded Ukraine, commodity prices rose quite a bit uh, across the board. And so that's going to have an immediate effect on um, that's going to have an immediate effect on on the price level through commodities. So, for example, goods and services that are produced with oil, if the price of oil goes up, well, the the price uh, the price shock to oil is going to tend to be passed through to uh, final goods and services. Uh, there now, supply shocks themselves shouldn't generate ongoing inflation. They can generate kind of a short-term bump in inflation as price levels adjust to the new uh, to the new higher prices of commodities. But unless a central bank or, or fiscal authorities uh, come in to increase aggregate demand over a prolonged period, you're, you're not going to get a prolonged change in inflation. So I think that that the supply shock certainly had an effect on inflation, but it, it isn't going to generate the sort of persistent inflation that keeps going over a period of years. Um, it'll, it'll go over a period of, of months or quarters or a year, uh, maybe two, but uh, ultimately it's going to come down unless a central bank ratifies those uh, price increases with expansionary monetary policy. So if an oil shock doesn't really have a long-term effect on inflation, what, what are the things that do have this long-term effect on inflation? Well, uh, the subject of inflation is a, is a, little, bit, uh, a little bit complicated, but Milton Friedman uh, argued uh, many years ago, I think starting uh, 50, 60, 70 years ago, that inflation was essentially a monetary phenomenon. And what he argued was that uh, central bank money creation is ultimately required to have ongoing inflation over a period of years. If you don't have central bank money creation, you're not going to get ongoing inflation, even from uh, you know, severe supply shocks. Uh, and what's also true is that central bank ongoing money creation, at least when it's when it's serious, when it uh, when it has uh, profound effects on inflation, large effects on inflation of more than a few percent, it's very often the result of uh, fiscal uh, the monetary authority attempting to. Uh, monetize fiscal deficits. So that is essentially the cause of all very large inflations. Um, what happens is that the fiscal authorities get themselves into a, a situation where they can't tax enough to meet their spending needs. 
And so they uh, either pressure or directly control the monetary authorities into monetizing, uh, monetizing deficits and uh, funding government expenditures. What countries or parts of the world were most affected by the supply shocks from the Russian invasion? Well, you know, that's a good question. I would say that uh, countries in, in Europe that do a lot of business with, with Russia are going to be more affected by the supply shocks than, uh, for instance, the United States or Japan. Also countries that import a lot of grains. So particularly a lot of poor countries in uh, North Africa um, and, and also some in, in parts of Asia, uh, those countries are also going to be uh, seriously affected by the uh, price rises from the Russia-Ukraine uh, war.